This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, Danny Murphy joined myself and Simon. We look ahead to the Europa Conference League final as West Ham face Fiorentina over in Prague. And Talk Sports golf correspondent Rupert Bell spoke to us about the shock merger between the PGA Tour and Live Golf. Now, did you bump into your old chum Eddie Hearn in the I way did. in? Did I you? did, yes. We missed that. Um, was there a hug? Was there a, an exchange of pleasantries? I gave him a wave of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you indicated it was coming on two o'clock. No, not at all. That was a day and a half when he was in here with you, was it not? Oh, yes, ratings busting. Yes, yes. Eddie Hearn bought us racings that we've never had before <laughs> in his own little puggled mind. <laughs> well, listen, um, plenty of ratings today because we're building up to West Ham's big moment. I must admit, Danny, with West Ham in this tonight and David Moyes involved, I'm hoping beyond all hope that they can do it. It's live in talk sport. They're taking on Fiorentina. It's the Europa Conference League final. I mean, what, what's your take on this, Danny? A West Ham win tonight, will it bring a bit more respect for this European competition that is often derided, not least by this fella? <laughs> well, I, I think there's um, there's the people who are playing in it and involved in it, i.e. the supporters, the players, the coaching staff. It's going to be a big deal for them and something they can look back on for many years to come, irrelevant of how important it is on the food chain of trophies, if you like. Because I remember being a little bit snobbish when I was playing Champions League football for a few seasons and thinking, I wouldn't want a Europa League, it's not a bit of me. <laughs> and then, you know, when I got in the Europa League, all of a sudden... It became everything. It became great nights, fantastic memories. So when you're in it, it's really important. And to win something, to have something to look back on, to treasure, to, to have something together that you, you go through and you succeed in. But, yeah, you, you have to be realistic. It's not the best trophy in the world to win, but it's a trophy. It's a European trophy. And I don't, I don't think any of those West Ham supporters will 
enjoy it any less because of the name of it compared to it being a Europa League final. Yeah, yeah. And this is a legacy moment, Simon, undoubtedly. Is it not for David Moyes, for for the West Ham players, for all of these guys getting into this tonight? You know, if you frame it at David Moyes that's man- managing Manchester United 10 years ago and ask him to roll forward 10 years and say winning the Europa, uh, Europa Conference League, will it be a legacy moment? He'd have laughed you out of the room. Mm. But circumstances have changed. Now, of course, if you're in a tournament, you want to win it. But yeah. if you're asked a question in the same way that Martin O'Neill was asked it about the level of this competition, you know, the Champions League has become a, a misrepresentation because it's not full of champions. The Europa League has, was the Cup Winners' Cup, and we all accepted what that was. And now they've created a third competition. So you have to be honest about what it is and what it isn't. But of course, as I've said repeatedly, if the team that I owned was playing in this tournament, I'd want it to win. But if you're asking me objectively about the value of it on the on the food, uh, on the levels of, of, of what it's worth to... Uh, you know, football per se, it's a third tier European competition. So I have mixed emotions. We've got Russell Brand in tomorrow. Do I want Russell Brand cocker hoop dancing around like a demented shaman because his team have won? <laughs> or do I want him in the doldrums? He, he might, he might do sure. that anyway. He yeah. might do that anyway. Yeah, I don't think he'll need any encouragement. I was texting David Moyes last night and he, he basically just saying, just hope we can do it. Just hope the players give us what we want on the night. Oh, they can and, do it. And Absolutely. we can do, can do it. it. And they can do it. And the next part is to see if they can go on and win it. How would they be feeling tonight, Danny? How are you feeling in that dressing room where, on, on the verge of going out in a European final? I mean, you, your experience it depends. In, in it, this is vast. It depends where you're at um, in your stage of your career. Some of those West Ham players are more experienced than others, aren't they, in terms of um, when you think, I don't know, Zuma, who's the other one who's been in a final? There's another one. Paqueta's played big stage for Brazil. There's there's different mentalities who have to help each other through. But yeah, nerves can get the better. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's 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 the better players who overcome that. The stronger mentality. That that that's how you become really good players and great players and move to bigger clubs because you can cope with the pressure. But there's there's um play the game. You're not the occasion. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say there's a. There's actually an advantage in some ways, I think, for the players in regards to the crap stadium they've put it in. Because sometimes that overwhelm when you a European final or, you know, semi final, whatever it may be, you go into a stadium where you're walking into Dortmund or the New Camp or whatever it may be, and there's a fight you're playing a fight, it's like, whoa. If you haven't experienced that before, it can affect you physically. Nerves affect you yeah. Yeah. They're walking out into a very average stadium with a minimal amount of supporters from both teams. So that side of it they which don't have to deal with it. Which in itself is a, is a sort of a, a, a nod towards the categorisation of the tournament in its own right. Because yeah. it's almost perplexing that if a tournament is so valuable, why you'd play a why final in a 20,000-seater stadium. Yeah, yeah. Bizarre decision. Mm. What about the fewer around uh, the future of David Moyes? Side? It will dissipate tonight if they win this thing, won't it? It'll well, be Moyes takes us into another season. Tempor- it's bound to be. Temporarily. Yeah, yeah. We, we've always been in the camp that there's no doubt about it that David Moyes is a top manager and David Moyes deserves a, a, you know, a certain level of respect for his achievements and for the manner in which he's managed West Ham. There's no doubt that this season has been a disappointment in the Premier League and there's an argument that's regularly made by people that phone in and, and, and West Ham fans saying that the European form over the last 18 months has been a veneer covering the form of the domestic Mm. Uh, uh, outcomes look there will always be a rumbling set of noises about David Moyes because there is this perspective that there's something better out there and that's what a lot of clubs have and a lot of views that people have I think they'll win tonight Um, I think they have to be brave like Lee Boyer was saying yesterday which is get a goal if you sit back against the Italians they won't won't press well then they're going to find themselves in much more of a difficult game but the point is I think they'll win some way or another They they won't change what they do to get that it's sometimes you think ah you know 
we should play a different way. I've been there myself as a play, want the manager to change the tactics. Moisey's got them to the final play in the way he does. They're not going to change. And that may well be their downfall. Um, and no, it, I still think they'll win playing yeah, that way. I mean, look, I mean, the, the, you know, again, referring to the conversation that Lee Boyer had yesterday, which is about the nature of inviting pressure on yourselves and Fiorentino and Mugs, as far as the team are concerned. Mm. The first goal in this game is the key critical goal. If West Ham get it, it'll make Fiorentino play in a different way. If Fiorentino get it, then they'll play the way that Italian sides often do, which is stifle the life out of the game. And West Ham don't, to me, have the creativity yeah. to break down sides that yeah. bank up. In answer to your question, though, I, I think that... Um, there is a general feeling with the West Ham supporters we've had on this show and a couple that I know that although they do appreciate the job Moyes has done and do appreciate his strengths, it's not necessarily about them wanting something, somebody better. I think they just want something different to watch. I think the general feeling of West Ham fans this season, Premier League form especially, is that they've, they've They've been somewhat underwhelmed by watching them play mm. and the way they play. Similar to not quite. They've got to be clear yeah. what better looks like. You know, it's all well and good saying we want change, and change is sometimes useful, and change is as good as a break. But you've got to be clear as to what change looks like and what and what you think it's going to bring for you. Yeah. What's it do for the price tag of Declan if he plays a blinder tonight? And nothing. This nothing. Thing? No. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. Do you think it's already done? He knows where he's going even before this final. Obviously, that's not <clears> his mind tonight, but he knows his destination. I would imagine so. Right. I'd be very surprised if he didn't. What's, a, what, what's your thought on that as to the destination? Well, what I mean, I, I don't know any. I haven't. So I saw him actually at the golf club last week. I didn't ask him because it's you know it's one of those. But I would imagine what I'm hearing from the media reports, Arsenal. Right. Right. It looks like it's pretty pretty dumb. But I know okay. Munich, Munich have came come in late, haven't they? But I don't see that. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Wednesday morning, Danny Murphy is in our midst and we're delighted about that. Live golfers are in the midst of uh, those with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Golf Civil War, it would seem, is officially over after the Saudi-funded Live Golf pulled off a stunning coup by forcing a merger with the PGA Tour and uh, DP World Tour as well. The news appeared to shock the sport when the news came through last night, including the Live frontman Greg Norman. He, he appeared not to even know about it. Norman, the Live Golf <laughs> Commissioner, wasn't even named in any of the releases that came with this news, raising questions about his future. I'm sure he's bothered. The big question this morning is, is golf civil war over? But has it sold its soul in the process? Top Sports golf correspondent is Rupert Bell. Rupert, good morning. What's your take on it? Well, let's be quite clear. The public investment fund, it's not the actual Live Golf Tour. It's the Saudi-backed public investment fund, PIP to give it its mnemonic. They have bought World Golf. And if you look at the press release, Jay Monaghan will be the chief executive officer of this new golfing entity that features the PGA Tour, DP World Tour and Live Golf. And clearly, they have paid substantial amounts of money to buy, but in a sense, buy the sport. And that's what has gone on here. And it was a very small group of people who were involved in the discussions. And clearly, there was talk that Amanda Staveley was involved in some of those discussions as a bit of a broker, given obviously her connections with Newcastle United. So it, where you now look at it is basically Jay Monaghan, who was fighting the corner of the PGA Tour. Well, he has accepted their money. The DP World Tour have. And I, I'm told a number of the leading players who didn't take the Live Golf money are not exactly best pleased with this. 
You imagine Rory McIlroy has been permanently putting his head above the parapet. Well, where does that leave him? Because suddenly he's he backed the PGA Tour with to to a great degree, and and probably to some extent affecting his game of golf. Um, you know, some of them are not happy. So it's not over yet, but clearly there is a degree of common sense. But let's be quite clear: Saudi money has bought golf's peace. She. Simon and Danny are with me. We'll get there taking a second. Rupert, the PGA Tour Commissioner, Monaghan, Jay Monaghan, you mentioned him. Uh, mentioned him. He was asked if he accepts. He's now viewed as a total hypocrite. We've done everything we can within our control to improve and grow the PGA Tour. And they've launched Live. They've proceeded with Live. They've made progress with Live. But ultimately, it was looking at the broader picture and saying that I don't think it's right or sustainable to have this tension in our sport. And I recognize everything that, that I've said in the past and in, in my prior positions. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. And any time I've said anything, I said it with the information I had at that moment. And I said, I said it based on someone that's trying to compete for the PGA Tour and our players. And so I accept those criticisms, but circumstances do change. And I think that, you know, in looking at the big picture and looking, looking, at, looking at it this way, that's, that's what got us to this point. Simon, I mean, it's a massive U-turn by Monaghan, by the rest of them. Has golf sold its soul here? Was this the only option? Well, I don't think it's a U-turn. I think it's a, an absolute inevitability. I think I said a year ago that these two these two factions will get together and find a solution, and the solution will be fi- found when both of them have given one another a bloody nose. And when the golfers were sanctioned, and that sanction was upheld in the courts, it pushed Live into a certain direction. And with Live and their resources, were never going to go away. So there was always going to be this res- this resolution, whether we like it or we don't like it. The reality was that Live were not going to go away. They had the resources and the money. Tragically to turn out most people's lights for predominantly the wrong reasons, but they are what they are. So there was this wasn't Kerry Packer breaking up cricket and taking them the rebels away for a period of time. This is a an entity that has six hundred and fifty billion pounds or dollars as a sovereign wealth fund. So the reality of it was there was always going to be this situation. Anyone that didn't think that was naive. Was Any- it always going to be this situation, Rupert? It was always uh, going to turn out this way? If you can't beat them, oh. join them? Ultimately, yes. And, you know, that's what Rory McIlroy said last year in some statements, but, you know, basically echoing what Simon said. The other the harsh reality is the PGA Tour has suddenly offered these multi-million pound events. But actually what was behind the scenes, he's had to do it for commercial reasons to back up his pledges for these huge increase in purses on his own tour. And suddenly he was probably looking at a bit of an economic dark hole because sponsors weren't necessarily going to get the field they wanted. That was definitely the case on the DP World Tour because some of the fields, while we may have seen a great winner last weekend and Tom McKibben, in terms of the quality and the sort of star dust in those fields, Mm. it was pretty poor. So this is an economic reality. Now, we don't know the terms of the deal and how much money uh, the Saudis are, or the PIF, uh, not Live Golf, but PIF are offering to run this. I mean, but it presumably is an eye-watering amount of money. Yeah, but so Rupert, when you, you know Keith Pelly, the DP World Tour yeah. Chief Executive. I mean, when he comes away with, I would say it's a great victory for global golf. It's fantastic victory for the consumer. It's great for European golf. I'm thrilled. Is he? Is he really? Well, 
Well, the reason he's thrilled is because he's got a bucket load of money coming his way. Yeah, but because that's the it. People... But, that, and but, that, that's but, that, but that thrills most Saudi people. Arabia equals buckets load of money. But it saved the DP World Tour because if the state, if it had carried on as it would before, the yeah. Asian Tour, where they're playing for five million dollar events, what we had last week was a two million euro event in Germany, the Porsche Open, which used to be a bit of a landmark event on the European Tour. Mm. Well, you see, that's the issue now. He can get those star names to come back. He can keep sponsors happy because Porsche had been talking that they would be possibly pulling out. Well, now they might be persuaded to stay in. I don't know the full. So we're uh, going to see. Are we going to see a Ryder Cup in Saudi Arabia anytime soon? Well, uh, probably uh, not. Uh, that will always be in Europe. Why, why probably in, not? No, it's never going to be there because it's Europe. Versus America. Rupert, never say we, never. We, we, never we, th say we never. thought this moment would never happen, Rupert, and it has. Well, no, they, they and look at, and look at who's claiming a victory. But, but Donald I, Trump. But why did anybody... A big, beautiful, glamorous deal for the wonderful yeah, world of golf. No, he wants his golf course to be patronised. His team event. His team event will clearly be going as they already do. Will go to Saudi Arabia. So that will then give all the best golfers a chance to go. But it's how they're going to fit the team concept now into the regular tour? Will it become an end-of-season sort of post-end-of-season uh, junket for those players to then take part in a team competition, fitting around the main tour, a bit like the way T20 develops at the beginning? But, but, yeah, but, but, but Stanley, can we not just simplify this? Yesterday's, yesterday, the Saudis bought golf. Yeah, but I don't understand the characterization you just put on it. I don't think any sensible observer didn't think that this was going to find a solution between the two factions. And that was always going to be an inevitability. Do you think Rory McIlroy thought that? Well, I don't care what Rory McIlroy thought. Well, you should, because uh, his voice was extremely relevant well, throughout. But he's a player, Jim. The players don't determine the outcomes. They determine a degree of the outcomes. Yeah, but he but took the moral high ground and, he, stu and stood by it. He took a high ground that suited him for a variety of different reasons, in the same way that Tiger Woods talked about legacy tours and legacy events, and they all have their own values, and neither none of them are going to the poorhouse anytime soon. The hypocrisy of the situation, the DP World Tour is funded by Middle East money. So what we're talking about here, what are we arguing about here? The principle, none of us like the way that the Saudis or the Middle Eastern money is operating. It's corrupting, polluting and creating a sports division that's going to that's going to destroy certain aspects of sports as we go forward, whether it's boxing, whether it's football and now golf. But this was an absolute nailed-on inevitability. And all these players getting up, in, getting up in arms, well, you know, with due respect, yeah. you, are, you are not the wheel, you are the cog. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, in the Times, a stunning coup. We build it, live golf, shock merge. Nobody saw this coming, not even Greg Norman. Is that not the no, case, they, Rupert? No one did see it coming. As I say, the RNA were having a meeting and various people having meetings and yours dropped the length and breadth of the golfing world. But it's absolutely right. It was going to happen. And so what did, okay, if you eventually. didn't see it coming, okay, Rupert, because I did, and I said it a what, year we, ago, what did you think was going to happen then? Did you think Liv were no, going to disappear and not carry on with this? Did you think no, that the PGA were going to stay in their position of players being siphoned away, value being sucked out of the tournaments and sponsors being left? Everybody knows. Every grown-up in the room knew that there was going to be a solution and it was likely to be this. Yeah, yeah, but the point is we didn't know it was going to happen quite so quickly. It's oh, it's, just, it's, it's a timing last, issue then. Well, it's more than just that. It's actually because last week we'd seen them even talking at the memorial. You know, there didn't seem to be any indication. What happens is, is this as... It's been very cleverly done by the very small group of people to scot round a table. There was no leaks. There was no nothing. They got it done. They got rid uh, of the I'm division. Told, 
Got rid of the noise. Got rid of the Greg Normans in the background that are creating nothing but division. Yeah. Got rid of the and, and, and looked at one another over a year where the PGA Tour pushed back and gone right. You aren't playing, and we're going to sanction you. Court, um, court scenarios have been upheld. Liver decided they're going to double down. They're going to carry on. So eventually, these two factions were going to sit in a room with the background noise, the little people out of it, and get the guys that can do a deal. And that's what's I happened. Like, I can't. I can't really disagree with you. Um, and so, but it's just the timing. I mean, I know that the, the first inkling we got it is that members of the European Tour were told at 8.30 yesterday morning, there was a meeting from various committee members on the European Tour. They knew yesterday morning that this release was coming out. And then it comes out at three o'clock in the afternoon, I think our time. So that, that was the first inkling that people got of it yesterday morning, because this small group of people, which would have included the people from PIF, Jay Monahan, probably an assistant, Keith Pelly and maybe an assistant from the I don't know the exact makeup of the people who were in this small group of uh, who came up with this plan to merge golf. But clearly the Saudis then put money on the table and it maybe have been a pretty. Uh, Rupert, in a, it, Rupert before you go epic, in a couple of sentences, is this a good thing for your sport, the sport you love? I, it br brings from a fan perspective. Yes, but it's still the players have got to get their head around it as to how they manage the fallout. Because someone will be saying, well, you took all that money and we didn't benefit. So something's got to be because we took one view and now suddenly the PGA Tour has given in. Well, they're Even not going to get a lot of bloody choice, are they? Because there's one organisation now. They've got nowhere well, to go. They can't, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do, is I'll go off to uh, nowhere. Well, <laughs> I know. So there's still lots to be discussed. But Simon, in principle, I agree with that fact that golf has seen some degree of common sense and come together. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So 
So we've just been talking about this civil war in golf seemingly officially over after the Saudi-funded Live Golf pulled off what's regarded as a stunning coup by forcing a merger with the PGA Tour and DP World Tour. Simon, you've been asking, well, McElroy being one of the most outspoken opponents of Live Golf, what was his initial gripe? Number one, it's going to fracture the game because he wants, he, he wanted, he wants a game of golf, the sport of golf, to be run at the top in a tighter, more cohesive fashion. But what does He's that got mean? it now. But what does that mean? Because I don't know what that means. I'm none the wiser. No. And I bet you if you asked Rory McIlroy what does more cohesive mean, you'd find yourself in a situation where the answer wouldn't be particularly forthcoming. But basically, he doesn't want a breakaway group with well, he, big, he big money. Well, he hasn't got it now, has he? He's got with, it. Big, with big money having a say in the running but, of world golf, but, which now but, Live Golf has got. But what, what money what money's involved has got nothing to do with Rory McIlroy because he's not going to, as I say, he takes huge sponsorship deals from Nike and people of that nature. People could quest, question the, real, the reality of that situation. But he's got precisely what he wanted now. He has not got a fractured situation. He's got the European tour, the US tour, and the Live tour amalgamated under one umbrella. He's got... He should be happy now. And I have no doubt these guys will, will come in and negotiate legacy payments. Well, we didn't take advantage of the offer because we didn't think it was right. There's but we'll take message. a legacy payment There's from There's a great message from someone who knows their golf. Simon, you missed the point. Rory was put up by the PGA to fight against Live. He's been dropped from a great height by the PGA now uh, because they've sold out. Rory has lawsuits against him for standing by the people who paid his but wages. But he made the choice. And he, they he, he made have choice. sold him he's, out. He's not a puppet. And first and foremost, if the PGA wanted to, if the PGA wanted to be taken over and run ragged by Liv, then they won't put up a, a, a reasonable defence. When you have a negotiation over a deal, what you do is you give the other fellow a punch on the nose and you see if he stands up to it. And if he doesn't, then you roll over him. So what they did was they used all the tools and all the resources around them to push themselves into a position to maybe achieve the best outcome, knowing the inevitability of how much money was to play here. You weren't playing with people that didn't have an inordinate amount of funds. You were playing with people that were going to get their outcome one way or other. And the best thing you can do is put up a very spirited, aggressive defence, which is primarily what the PGA attempted to do. And then they found not a particularly palatable solution, but they have found a solution. And Rory McIlroy should now be sat here going, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, and no doubt they'll do it. I want a legacy payment for the opportunity I missed out on, even though I made that choice. Do you think that would be public? <laughs> Why? Because it would make him even like bigger hypocrites if it did. He'd want a legacy payment. Why, I don't think why, they could take one, Simon. Because well, if it came out, if, you, it would if, look if the most believe, ridiculous thing we've ever seen. If we believe that there's, a, there's going to be some ridiculous backlash from the players about what they could have had and what they've missed out on, then given what's at stake here and given the scale of it and given the influence that we actually believe that the players will have in this no-choice scenario, then it will be very easy to resolve. They'll make legacy payments for people that missed out because the principles of operating in a way to protect the best interests of golf were steeped in their thinking. So none of, none of this will continue. It'll all be eradicated and they'll have a simple way forward, which is a horrible amalgamation of Saudi money being utilised to control sport for its own ends. And that's what it's doing, Danny. Uh, not just in golf. We're seeing it in football. Ronaldo's gone. Now we hear N'Golo Kante is ready to quit Chelsea to head to Saudi Arabia. $200 million a year on a two-year deal. But it's the Wolf Zaha's been tempted. Benzema's already gone. I've not got a problem with it. I, I, I get it. It's reality. It's life. It, it moves in different directions and generally it's pushed around by money. You know, all these different opportunities come up, different sports, business opportunity, whatever it is, it's money talks. And I, I would never sit here and be overcritical of it because I know in that situation I would follow it. I mean, they're not going to stop at golf, are they, no. Simon? When you, when you see what, what the big names, the, the biggest names in world football are, are, are joining. They have a right. And more are joining. 
Jim, they have a right, like any other landscape, yep. to be competitive in sports. We sat there with a fellow in Qatar. Yes. Um, and he talked about why do you think you have the rights? Well, ultimately, because it's the Premier League, we invented it. So there's an element of legacy that we have with it. The challenge for me is, is that when you when you create hyperinflation because of the necessity of someone else's desire to be involved in it, like boxing, mm. you're going to find a situation where you start to unwind the fabric of the sport. What Saudi will be now used for is a reason why English football has to pay more money. So when we're sat in a studio like this and punters come on air and say why am i paying 160 pounds to watch television you'll know why because this is this, this is the, this is the flip side of the argument it's all well and good paying these players whatever it is they want and driving the price up across the board but specifically and explicitly in sport it in football it drives up the wage structure for players and will be used as a stalking horse to generate more revenue in the premier league for the players in boxing it stops fights happening because people don't want to fight anywhere i'm not going to fight in london when i can fight in in, in, yeah, in the middle east for twice it's a the bit money. different side because in football you're looking at what you're saying is you might get the odd one who, who player who's playing in his prime who's going to leave la liga or the premier league at 28 to go and play in Saudi for however much. It's not going to happen like that. That's if if you if you listen to what they are intending to do, is build just, a league. They just pumped in 20 billion quid and the PIF fund with with the way that the KSA works, they can just take businesses as they want. The way that it works is they can as a as a as a as a royal decree, bang, we're having that business. Bang, we're having that business. Right. And they've decided now they're going to have the top four football clubs in Saudi Arabia under the management of PIF, yep. which is the state. Right? Yep. And the same state that owns Newcastle. Yep. So what you're going to have is you're going to have world football affected by the economics of it. I get that. And yeah. that causes problems everywhere else. Right. Now, no issue with Middle Eastern money, but it has to have some degree of collective responsibility about what it does, specifically in football, but also in boxing, because you can't make a decent fight without going to Saudi. So what the boxers do is go, well, if I'm not fighting for 50 million quid, I'm not fighting. Mm. But hang on a second, that's a false economy. The promoters, as much as I disagree with some of their view, they understand that as well. They understand that the challenge of the Saudi money is it pollutes and corrupts the fighters' thinking about what they should be fighting for in any other fight. I just and think there's only so many fights you can make on that basis. Yeah, I get that. I just think in football it's a little bit different because what you've got it's worse no because what you've got is players spending most of their lives dreaming and playing in this wonderful league that we've got the Premier League that's not going to be changed in a 5 year 10 year period because Saudi want to pay more and people Dang, are going to grow naive. of Wait course it will we'll see of course it will. Benzema yesterday said a tearful goodbye when to you, everybody at Real Madrid. When you're 33, 34, yeah, I get it. 258 million. Even 31. You might see players going a bit earlier, but they're not going to spend their whole careers over there. The reason, the reasons why... They want to become major players in the football. The reasons why Simon. the American MLS hasn't taken off the way you think it could do is because they won't pump the money into it. Yeah. And if they did... Every bugger player that thought they could play in competitive football in America yeah. would be looking at America as a vile option and not at 35 years of and age. And when the Saudis are involved, Simon, football and football clubs go hand in hand with oil money. Correct. Because you shouldn't forget Yasser Al Rumayan. Sure, he's the chairman of Newcastle United he's the head of the and the PIF chairman funds. of the petroleum company Saudi Aramco. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, he's he's the one they dragged into court in America to suggest that he was actually the PIF fund was a nation state because over here what we've been listening to the absolute load of old claptrap is that the PIF and the nation state are two different things. Well, they are in construct but not in outcome. It's the nation state sovereign wealth yep. fund. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. 
it'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.